Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 77, The Growth Blueprint with Chris Salim of Mixdown. Now, I'm really excited to have Chris on the podcast because he's a relatively new friend. Uh, Liz Shaw, who was on the podcast, uh, had this thing where I met Chris and we instantly connected. And not only is he just like a super kind soul, but he is an absolute boss when it comes to his zone of genius, which is mixing. He has a fantastic YouTube channel called Mixdown that is super successful. He has a fantastic course on mixing. And what I love is when someone is not only amazing at their craft, but they're great at explaining it and demystifying it for others. And so him and I would talk constantly. So I'm so glad to have him on this podcast. We get into this also cool area of six amazing points on growth. And to me, these are six key points that helped Chris constantly evolve in his career that I've noticed these are six key points that pop up a lot in my life and others that are doing the thing that they love. And here's the thing, you may be doing some of these, but if you can add the others to it, that's where you're going to really hit that sweet spot. So yes, we're going to talk about mixing, but we're going to dive into these six key points, a growth blueprint, if you will. So here we go. Let's jump into it. Episode number 77, The Growth Blueprint with Chris Lim of Mixdown. If you're going to record, you got to have a great Canadian on the on the podcast. I think that's true. I what I love is because like I've never met a Canadian where I was like they're pretty shady. It's just like when I met you, I was like, no, it's just like, dude, you're by far the the nicest, chillest dude. When we met in kind of like Blamo, yeah, uh, yeah with yeah. Liz, when we had him on the podcast, he invited me, and then I met you, and I was like. Chris is chill. I was like, and then we, and we, I think, you know, I picture, you know, I talked to you about YouTube for like, wow, because I'm like, I need to start doing this. What do you do? And you have a, an extremely successful channel that mm, you built you. from the ground up. Yeah. yeah um, literally. And you're just, you know, wealth of knowledge, but super nice dude. And I mean, come on, when you've got that awesome French Canadian accent, I'm just like, I got to have on the podcast. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> but dude, yeah, but you have a tremendously wonderful career that you've built up around the idea of mixing, informing others through the process of mixing, educating, and you do this for a living. And I always love people that build things from the ground up. Because it's always intriguing, like, how did you start the process, the system? Hmm. And I, I guess was, yeah, everybody has their niche. Did you realize that mixing was like your thing that you really geeked out on? Um, yeah, you know, I always, you know, when I was younger, to go back in time and I go back to my, my younger years, I wanted to be a producer, a music producer. That was actually yeah. one of my goals. I remember in high school, uh, the teacher was asking me, you know, what do you want to be as you, uh, you get older, yeah. you know? And people were saying, oh, I want to be a fireman, you know, and, uh, <laughs> in the army or, you know, uh, government mm -hmm. worker, whatever. I was like, I want to be a music producer. It's like, sh I remember the teacher's reaction saying, what is that? 
you know, choose something else. <laughs> choose something else? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. She literally, you know, told me that. So, like, okay. Uh, but, you know, that was always at the back of my head. And I was like, yeah. okay, I want to make music. And, you know, being a producer, I can see myself uh, working on projects and stuff. And uh, then I went to, you know, computer, tech support and stuff like that. And I always been a musician playing in bands. And uh, at some point, I just decided to uh, make the jump, took a course. Uh, just a one-year intense uh, production course uh, near Montreal. And I already had people waiting for me to help them out with their productions. Um, and this is how I actually started my own business, uh, doing so right away, right out of, out of school, I would say. Uh, I was pretty lucky, you know, in a way. And at the same time, I was like, uh, I like knew the right people, I guess. I'm a church guy, so I go to church, and I uh, I was part of that um, uh, church community in Quebec, and there's a huge music community around the Christian music, uh, in, even on the French side, you know, and this is where I was actually able to, um, to get myself known as a music producer and mixer uh, back then, you know, and I started with that one artist that was pretty known in that francophone um, worship market if I can call it that, which is very, very small. Um, and But that guy was pretty known, and I helped him out with his live album to as a first project I worked on, and that led to other artists, and, you know, and the rest is history, you know? So I ended up just starting the studio and um, working that out as a business. Did you go back to the teacher and just be like, hey, sorry, I'm actually a producer? <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> but I should have. <laughs> But I think that's interesting that you said, you know, I imagine myself doing that. Did, you know, if we kind of go to that, did the visualization and just kind of like you making up scenarios, thinking about like what it would be like, is that just something naturally you do? Because I feel that's important. I know it's about people that end up doing the thing. They're yeah. very, they go through these visualizations, the, uh, you know, almost in the affirmation sense of like they're visualizing what would it feel like to produce an album? What would it feel like to be the, even though they have no idea, they're trying to recreate that experience because they feel like they're moving a little closer towards that. I, you know, I do that all the time, to be honest with you. I always yeah. visualize things ahead. For myself, it does help me to move forward with things, just to sit down and visualize on where I see myself in five years or, you know, on uh, like back in the day, you know, when yeah, I was yeah, yeah. visualizing myself uh, being a music producer, you know, uh, it didn't happen overnight, but I, no. it was still in, you know, in the back of my head. And then uh, I ended up you know, doing the work that I was called to do, if I can say. You know? I, I love that because I think that's a consistent theme I've noticed with people is that they're the ones that are doing the thing that they love. They take that time to visualize like the experience was yeah. going to be like, what is it? Because it's a lot of these things that, you know, other jobs are like, oh, here's a book about it. Here's a thing. Mm -hmm. But like the experiences, especially if you're building something from the ground up, there's no handbook uh, no, or go-to resource of just like, this is how you build something from the ground up. It's like, nope. It's just, you, so you have to visualize because there's a lot of like what some people would see as disappointments that we need to see as the thing we're creating is like, oh, these are our learning moments. These are the mm -hmm. things of us gaining non-knowledge. So I find that super interesting that you were like, I visualized it because it's almost like that teacher was and I'm not saying it's that teacher's fault, but like they just couldn't see it. Oh, and so all. they're like, they can't, I guess that can't happen. But you're like, I don't know. I just, it's still in my head. 
Exactly. And that's fine. If they can't see it, they can't see it. I don't mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as I can see it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what's important. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. The, the creatives are okay. They're fine. Like, hey, I can see it. And frankly, at the beginning, that's all that matters. Exactly. There are people that are not going to get it, but they don't have to. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> you know? because at the end of the day, I have to build. I'm the one. I'm the, So it's like yep. that is, I find that interesting, especially getting out of the gate and you know, getting that experience, you know, okay, so you went for a year, but then right out of the gate to have these projects, the implementation, you know, did you have some preconceived notions of what you thought it was going to be? And then you got into the thing and you're like, oh, this is what it's like. I was playing in the band where the lead singer had a home studio. He was working in Cubase. I remember Cubase VST at the time. Um, So I was kind of introduced to the whole production thing at that time. But that was even after I was dreaming on being a producer. Uh, I was studying in computers. I remember that uh, playing with that band, studying in computers and uh, recording on the weekends and practicing with the band on the weekends, recording in Cubase, recording demos. And he was already working with some artists. And this is actually where I uh, got to know the first artist I ended up working with later on. That's awesome. Um, so by creating those connections, I was actually the session drummer at the time for one of his album. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Uh, but yeah, so I was introduced to the kind of... Uh, recording and production process and that helped me a lot uh when i first work on the the first album i produced um so i went to study anyways you know for uh a full year to get all the knowledge you know the basic stuff how to work with a daw uh, how to record and you know the basic mixing techniques uh and all of this um and that helped me to just you know to start working starting the business working the craft of uh engineering and producing and and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, so I learned a lot before uh, getting to study the craft. And, of course, after, you know, by doing the work. And this is actually where you learn the most. Yeah. You know? Doing the work is, because it, it's one thing reading something and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how, because, you know, we did a song critique and somebody asked, did they hit? And what we were describing is, yes, on a mixing standpoint, you kind of hit, you check the boxes, but there's something else. And sometimes it's not that tangible thing where it's like, it's easy as, you know, ticking the boxes. It's like sometimes doing the unconventional thing. Hmm. And people are like, but that's not how, yeah, but it's going to make that song feel a certain way. It's going to, it's what it needs. So sometimes it's the out of the box thinking. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm going to add, to this, you know, like the first project I worked on, because there's a learning process. You get out of school, production school. Uh, it's not like the following day that you'll be like an amazing recordist, amazing producer and engineer and mixing engineer. Forget it. It's not going to happen. Um, so the first album I worked on was a live album. I remember that artist. He's still a f- good friend of mine. And uh, he called me. And he was like, oh, I am um, I have a project to record a live album. He already had like a few albums behind him. And uh, so he was ready for a live album. Can you produce a live album? So yeah, sure, I can. No, <laughs> no problem, man. Hanged up the phone. I was like, okay, how the heck am I going to do this? <laughs> how do we produce and record a live album? Um, so I remember my uncle is a business guy. And um, I remember him telling me the story on... What's very important in business is to, um, it's like a chess game. You know, you need to have like to, to place the right, um, how you call that? Um, the right people at the right place, basically, you know. So, uh, you don't need to do everything yourself, but just make sure that the right 
person. Uh, you can hire the right person for the right task. And at that time, for the first album, that that was, it was how I was able to produce that album. I was the music arranger, um, and I oversaw the whole thing. So I was mainly acting as the arranger, the arranger, uh, the and the music producer. So I didn't record it. I was playing the live show. Okay, you know. Um, so I hired someone to record the show. Uh, someone to mix it also. He ended up being my mentor, my mixing mentor afterwards. So I actually assisted the whole mixing process of that project. Um, we recorded the live event and the following night also, you know, in front of an empty room. So I had a chance to edit. I did all the editing. So that I was able to do. And um, yeah, the rest was done by hiring people better than myself. Because I was new at this, you know, so I had to hire the right people. And it wasn't me at the time. So I, I, I took advantage of that to learn a lot, you know. There are two things that are, well, there's lots of good things. But the first thing was the, the fact that your friend called up and you said with confidence, oh, yeah, I can, absolutely, I got this. <laughs> this is, this exactly. is totally, absolutely, you said yes because the desire of like, yeah. I need to be doing this. And then you hung up the phone. Then you thought of, okay, how? Exactly. So it was just the initial, exactly. just the yes. And I feel too many people do the how, and then they go no. And then so they, they, they think about it, but you just was, it was a, an unequivocally a yes, you committed and then figured out. But then the next part is, and this is a book that I love, which is, uh, maybe we talked about who, not how, Dan Sullivan. I love it. Oh, what cool. you found, what you found people to fill that gap. You didn't worry about Mm -hmm. like, oh no, I have to do this. You were like, okay, who can I find that are do that's doing the thing, but you are also learning from them. Who not how is essentially saying, cool. You found out like the, you know, oh, you know, instead of going like, how, how am I going to do this? You were like, who should do this? Exactly. You found the who and you learn from them too. And then you found a valuable resource. So it's like, that's huge. Saying yes to that first event gave you your mentor, gave you like insight to the process. If you had said no to that, that would have been robbing yourself from all these amazing experiences. For sure. You know, that that event got into a chain reaction for because the same artist I helped since that album was Yeah. It was very happy with the 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 outcome of the album. Yeah. It sold well. So that brought me more clients afterwards. He actually started a kind of a mini record label in that market and just brought me more artists to work with and he was able to finance everything you know so i was like okay cool how many people have said no to things that they should have said yes to probably more than we think that they rob themselves of a ton of experiences that could yeah i i think i think fear is one of our most uh like the biggest enemy we have to face on a regular basis fear fear of the unknown fear of jumping up you know um, and trying stuff and risking the risk, yeah. you know, the fear of risk. It's amazing. And maybe this is where the visualization comes in. Yeah. Because definitely. I th- maybe the people that say they visualize, even when they have those moments of, it's not saying that as we grow, that the fear doesn't, it's just new levels of fear. I feel like as yeah. we grow in music and we get to the <laughs> things that we want, there's like a whole new thing where we're like, oh, shit. Like, yep. it, we just feel it. But. Because of the visualization, we have a little bit more of that amped up courage to be like, mm-hmm. yes, let's figure it out. But man, I do think about that a lot, that there are people 
that I encounter. And then when I encounter them a year later and they're still in the same spot, they still haven't said yes yet. And they're yeah. wondering, they're waiting for the right moment. And I, and they either even say that I will when the moment's right. And I'm like, you know what? There really is never really a right moment. There's no such That's thing. thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. You know, so, uh, it's the moment will never come. The right moment is never going to present itself. At some point, you just need to just jump and see what happens and do the best you can. It is the same when, when I remember when my, my wife got pregnant with our first daughter. Yeah. There's, especially in <laughs> early 20s, there's, yeah. it's such not the right timing whatsoever, you know? So forget it, you know? But, but you, that's, you, yeah. It happens and you, you work with it and everything that follows is great afterwards, you know? So. But I think of all the, as you said, you said it was like a chain reaction. All yeah. these experiences that happened that helped shape who you are now and what you've done and the work and now that how you're helping others because then you know you you build this career but to build something in a social media platform and really mm-hmm. dive in that is, to me is another that's a world of that's another unknown land you know what it's funny because i never you you brought up the visualizing yeah. th- stuff you yeah. know at the beginning of the, our conversation and i actually never saw it this way um and i'm happy you did because now yeah. it's like everything makes sense now <laughs> i can see all the following and everything i went through you know through all the years and yeah. with the career i have and it's like okay i did a lot of that and even for the even on starting a youtube channel i remember yeah. back in 2015 um, I was looking at creating content online um, and considering that avenue. And I was actually visualizing myself and already knowing that, okay, if I do that, that's because I want to end up selling courses and helping people out and sharing my knowledge. I've been producing music for years, helping independent artists in my community and uh, in the market I worked in. And now it's time for me to just share uh, my knowledge yeah. And remember, back then, the music industry changed. You know, a lot of people were uh, started to self-produce themselves, writing their own music, recording themselves, mixing themselves. Um, so I had to think ahead, you know. So I know that, okay, getting like a offering only mixing services or uh, recording services, producing services in the area that I was in Quebec probably would not be sustainable on the long term. So I need to think of something else or something I can add um, to to my business to move forward. And sharing my knowledge online was was it. Uh, so I start to visualize myself, you know, selling courses and helping people out and just growing a YouTube channel. Um, and that wa- that's why I was able to make it because it's hard. It's not easy to start an online platform. There's a lot of time investment. You do a lot of stuff yourself. You know what I'm talking about. You, <laughs> you went through the same thing. <laughs> and, well, it's, you, you think you know, and then you dive in and you're like, oh my Lord, I have no idea. It's it. just like... But okay, so this is this is another thing. It's like I think you're hitting on some freaking <laughs> key points. You came to a point where you were doing one particular thing yeah. and you realized you had to pivot. Exactly. There's some people that keep on doing the same thing and go, oh, I guess it doesn't work anymore. It's like there's just a new way it's changing and you need to change with it and you've got to make this pivot it's not saying what you're is what you're doing isn't relevant it's it has to be presented in a new way in a new context exactly there's so many things that i think are very like yeah people that are successful they do the visualization they have those that who not how they're learned but they pivot 
and they yeah, say yes sure. to things. They're, it's like that is huge. That pivot, and as you said, you dove into it, and you realize you stayed with it too because it, you had to have that. This is going to take a while. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be like, yay, I got 50,000 subscribers. And nope. it was those, these two videos were viral and I know exactly <laughs> what it is. Doesn't work this way, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> no, it takes a lot of work, you know. And the transition, before I was able to, I was ready to sell my first course, it took me three years. Yeah. Um, because I was still mixing and producing and, you know, sound engineering and stuff. And I'm still, I still do. Uh, but I'm very, like, I'm way more selective on the project. I work on because I build my all online business, you know. Uh, but the transition to be able to be on YouTube full time, teaching, selling courses, uh, took me three years, uh, even more. Because even by selling my first course when it first came out, I was still, you know, doing a lot of work for uh, a sound engineer at churches and uh, recording and producing, and you know, so. Um, but yeah, it takes a long time and, uh, you need to be consistent. You need to, uh, and you need to add value every time you share something because the goal is always to help people out. And even if we like, we sell courses, we have products, you know, but the reality is we give away free content more than anything else. That's what I love about your channel and just you as an individual, because you can tell when someone's like, Hey, I got a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. They're yeah. very detached from it. Where it's like, I'll tell you stuff when you buy. No, exactly. And, it, it, and it's not like they're and they're so hesitant to give any bit of like it's like it's very protective. And man, that just feels that's not how it works. It, it doesn't. Not anymore. Maybe <laughs> no. back in the day, but not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be successful, give your secrets away. You know, produce the yeah. best content ever and give it for free. It's funny to say, but that's reality. It is. It's giving that content out. And there was there was another thing that you hit as you were kind of in this period of creating. And I feel like I go through this a lot. There are certain points in my life where I can realize that there were transition points where I was doing a lot. Like I was like, there's this pivotal moment in transition where you're doing this full-time thing while you're doing this full-time thing because they to get it to yeah. that point, you have to kind of like do both. And I've told coaching clients like, you know, that want to make this transition. There's going to be a period where you're going to be doing both. You can't, there's not going to be this happy, like, oh, now you can jump off. The jumping off point is when they're both basically full time. And now you can make that transition. Mm-hmm. You can't jump off when it's like, I've got three things. And now it's, <laughs> and it's like, no, you've got to build it. And it's got to be like sustainable. And you've got to know what it's predictable, yep. self-sustainable. Then you can make that jump. So you may have to juggle oh, for a sure. lot for, for, sure. for a little bit. Yeah, which which is fine. You know, it's part of the process. But just the fact how you said that, you just said it with kind of like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I felt <laughs> the same way where I was like, oh, this is just part of it. Some exactly. people are not okay with that. They think that like, oh, I can't do that. I didn't think I could do that. But I was like, I really want to do this. So I guess this is, this is what I got to do. You just accept it. Yeah. And I think most people are, they visualize the end result and they don't enjoy the process. It's funny. You mentioned they don't love the process. The process is the same at $0. It's the same at $500. It's the same at 1000 Even if you hit your money marker and you get the results, if you don't like it, man, this sucks. Cause this it is, is going to be long. It's going to be a long ride. <laughs> 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 but you have, yeah, you have to. Like, I love, like, you have to love creating content. 
mm-hmm. and you have to love i love i love coaching i love getting into the nitty-gritty of just like hearing someone starting out and they go like Ugh, this is a problem and i go "Ooh, it's a problem I love, I'm like excited because it's like a puzzle piece. Yeah. It it's is. like, oh, this is a puzzle. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. There's a solution. Like, I love podcasting because, like, what we're talking about now, I'm like, I'm excited because I'm like, ooh, you're talking about this point and this point. I'm seeing like all these little patterns of people that do well. And I'm like, ooh, you're, you're just hitting on this again because it's so important. But I just get excited. It's fun. It is. It is. And no, you need to enjoy the process. It is. It has to be that you have to enjoy the process because if you don't, it's hell. Go find something else that you, then this is going to exactly. be the worst thing. Because the, <laughs> yeah, because when you grow, when you get somewhere, like, let's say you get to the, your end, like your ideal end game, you're going to realize that it's not going to end. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to visualize something else. So you're always going to be in process of something. So you better enjoy the process because that's the ride, you know? That's, it's the end. There's no end goal. There's no mountaintop. No. Everybody thinks music is a mountaintop, but it's just a residual slow climb (laughs) to the next. I always like to think it's like you get to another level and you acclimate to like the base camp of wherever that is because it's lower oxygen level. And so that means the next climb is going to be even harder. So you got to get used to it and then you keep on going. Mm But yeah, even if you get like, let's say your goal is like, I want, you know, I want to produce an album for clients. And let's say you hate producing and you hate the process. Yeah, I produced it for them, which then attracts more clients. And you go, ugh, I hate working with clients. Then you're going to hate it. Of course you will. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good start. (laughs) But uh, it's interesting because if we filter back to how you started, Mm -hmm. if you had said, Ah, oh, your teacher's right. I should find something else than producing. And then you go like, I'm going to get into accounting. Yep. I could have. <laughs> I would have like, been and then, bad at it, but I could have. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the thing. Now we had Chris, the accountant, that sits there and goes like, I don't I even. At your month. I don't even work my accounting on my bit. My wife does it. She's good at it. You know, it's not me. So imagine I if I even ended up either. being an accountant, I, I would be so bad. Yeah, Exactly. But you would have been like, well, they said that was what I should do. Like, yeah. if you listened to the right people, mm-hmm. you you yep. listened to eventually your mentor and mixing. You listened to what he did and you took it, you absorbed yes. it, and then yes. you applied it. But then what's amazing, too, people that are great at their craft not only applied it, but then they help others. Then they exactly. reach out and they extend and they go like, let me show you how it's possible. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing I want to get into. I think there's this myth of mixing. People are like, you know, I do anything for a good song, but not that. <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. mixing is the thing where it's like, it's, there's so many unknowns. There is. It's not easy. It's, it's an art. Okay. Yeah. It's because um, there's a way, there's a technical way to see mixing, but there's also an artistic way to see mixing. And I think it's a good balance of both. Um, and I think the technical part is what scares people a lot when producing music. And you saw, okay, you think about EQ compression, saturation, you know, and all those techniques, the sidechain compression yeah. and so on. You know, it's like, okay, whoa, 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 let's put, let's put on the brakes and uh, go back to the beginning, you know. What is mixing? It's, it's, it's the balance of a bunch of tracks, together so it makes sense when you listen to it and it feels good you know technically speaking but also artistically speaking i love how you painted it as artistic 
Yeah. Like the idea of like, not only is it the balancing of everything, but it has to feel good. Like, yeah. Because I always say that like the song has to feel like it's moving in the right. And feel is such a, you know, people are like, what does that mean? What, you know, try to find some tangible, what does it mean to feel good? Like you listen to it and everything's in its place, but it has, it flows well. Exactly. Like in the transitions between sections, yep. nothing sticks out of like, oh, what is that? Like, it's just like, oh, you know, there we go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it and, works. And, you know, and if you focus too much on the technical side and you balance that like technically perfect, maybe on the artistic side or the feel side, it's going to sound boring. You know, at some sometimes, you know, um, on perfect technical balance is going to add more on the artistic side of the mix and it will be better for the song it's like you can check all the technical boxes like what well, they said i watched you know i read this book and it said have it at this tv and i did yeah but was it right for that vocal exactly like, was it was it right for their style yeah for the context of the tracks that i'm mixing oh, you know that's, that's why there's a lot of like i heard newbies uh like new to mixing that have a bunch of talent because they listen to music a lot and they know what good arrangement sounds like good mixes sound like um and, and when they end up starting to mix their own music or for others they might not have all the technical knowledge but they can make like produce amazing mixes just because they focus on how the music feels like and how it should sound like on an artistic side more than, you know, all the technical stuff that I try and, you know, or aiming to be technically perfect, you know. So it's always a balance of both. It's a bit like music theory and writing music, Yeah, you know. So you can write a bunch of music without knowing the theory behind it. It doesn't mean that's the way to go, but I'm just saying that it doesn't mean that not having the um, the knowledge of music theory is like, I'm not saying that music theory is, uh, is useless at all. I think that's going to be a very good addition to even write better music or give you better tools to, to work that out. But it's a good pairing. And I think it's too, it's not really exactly. leaning heavily on one of the other. Like if we lean too theory wise, I can hear when someone's written something where it's like, well, it's in the key. So this works. And I'm like, yeah, it does, but like, should it? Like, it's just like you can go out of the box. You can do some things that are a little bit. Yeah. And I think when you have that, the marriage between the technical and the artistic, that's where you end up getting things that you're like, oh, this is great. Like, this is such, a, and you have a very good way of describing things that are, you give the technical reason, but it's in a way that's like, oh, that makes sense, and not like, hmm. Yeah, but hmm. you know, it, some. <laughs> And it, sometimes I get questioned and it's hard to answer. Okay, well, what kind of EQ should I put on my vocal? Well, what could, like, can you share uh, your vocal change? Like, yeah, but I can, but I think it's going to be useless for you because, <laughs> you know, that is a vocal chain that goes with the song I'm mixing. It's in relation to the tracks I'm mixing. So it's not like a go-to vocal chain. Um, and I think, you know, like I do work with a mix template. I love yeah. working. I actually have a free training on how to build a perfect mix template and people, they get surprised that I, cause I do give a Cubase version of my mix template, but doesn't have any plugins in it <laughs> because that's not the point. <laughs> the, you know, all the plugins that I have on my mix template, cause I have on my, on my own template, my, all of my plugins are in the, uh, in the session, everything is bypassed. Because I don't even know if I'm going to use them. 
if I'm going to need to use all of them. I have my go-to plugins, but they are bypassing. When I activate one of them, I make sure it works. Then I can tweak them up, you know? That totally makes sense because, you know... It's when someone asks me, well, what what, what uh, voice encoder are you using right there on guitar? And I'm like, oh, here it is. Cool, I want to use that for my song. Why are you right? It's almost like they're asking you, please give me this chocolate frosting. And you're like, listen, listen, what you have right there might be a lasagna. And so having this on your lasagna may totally not work. And they're like, exactly. no, 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 no. Because it's hard to describe. that. Love the analogy. The- <laughs> I go with food analogies a lot, but it's, it's I get that where it's like they want to know specific and you're like, what you're asking for, I can tell you, but it may not suit your thing. What I find valuable is that you give insight to the process. And, and it's probably the same when you watch your mentor, when I would watch someone build out a track, it would be interesting. My tracks would be different, but it was just to see their flow and to mm-hmm. see it in practice and be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to try that. There are things I try and I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Or it's like, <laughs> it's not now, but there may yeah, be a time exactly. where I might use that. But it's giving me insight to that. Their flow wasn't always perfect, but it was like they were, but it was the same thing. They had a template, but things not activated because they would test it out. Oh, not use. Like I had my mastermind group here this weekend in Nashville and we were building out songs and I had my template loaded, but like things weren't activated. And I was yeah. like, oh, we might use this. Oh, we're not going to use this. And I would delete. It. I'm like, we don't need that. And he'd be like, ah, oh, but you used it. I'm like, yeah, but it, not for it this. It doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, it's a, an artistic moment of like, yeah, that's not going to work for this. Oh yeah, yeah, same, yeah, same thing. You know, and I use the template mainly to first of all, uh, my plugins are in the background, so I can easily activate them, so I don't need to reload them every time. So that's one thing, and also all the routing, which I usually use the same type of routing on all mixes. You know, the way yeah. I route all of my drums to the the, the the drum bus, and that goes to the mix bus, and so on. Um, so this is all the kind of work that I don't need to do every time I start mixing a song because it's part of the template and this is not going to change, you know? I love all of that because then you're hitting on another, so like there's so many, so we got visualization. So I guess let's see if I can put this in order. Like, so number one, it was the visualization. Number two was the automatic of jumping in and saying yes, just being willing to say yes. Mm-hmm. Then the other one. Then you have a who, not how. You've got your you've got your mentors. Then you've got on top uh, uh, on top of this. Then there was another one. There was another good one. I'll go back. I'm going to boil it down to those five because there's so. <laughs> many. But then this one, you had a time saver. You built a template over time because yeah. your your zone. You know, the, another book is good is um, the Big Leap, and Gay Hendricks talks about the zone of genius. Your zone of mm. genius of mixing, you have this time saver which is this template because you realize your 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 spot of creation and artistic creation of mixing how can you be the most efficient having that template allows you to then jump in yeah and start you know i remember when i sent one off i sent a song off once to um a mixer mark mccluskey and he was mixing something later on for a friend's live band when i saw him i when i was like Hi, I sent you this thing. Was that, I think I was like, I wanted to know I crossed, like, the, the, checked the boxes off. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, it was great. And he was like, and he was like, dude, I just have a template. And I was like, hmm? <laughs> it, was, it was just like, what's the, you know, it was just like, because I was still very new and it was so mm. self conscious. He was like, yeah, I, I threw things on. So I know, like, and he was like, I do it because, like, when a band sends me stuff, I throw it in. Yeah. 
And if it works, I send it, I send it off to them. If they say yes, I've saved myself a buttload of time. Of course. If they come back with changes, cool. Now it's time to get in and make those changes. And I was like, I thought of all the hours I spent there just yeah. like looming over and cre- and I was like, but the same goes when writing music and recording. Yeah. It's going to be way easier. Like you probably <laughs> have your own, like all of your um, synths that you work with mm-hmm. a lot loaded into your recording and production templates, which makes it way easier. Like you have a musical idea, you open the session, open your template, and you're ready to go with all the synths loaded, which are all bypassed to begin with. But you, you use the ones that you need for this type of song, the drum tracks, like the yeah. virtual drums are already loaded. So you don't need to look for sounds and, you know, and you know the sounds that you work with also. I'm pretty sure you do so for your uh, guitar rigs and stuff. Yeah, you know, so. it's I, when I had my group here this weekend, I had those templates loaded. They're ready, and I'm like, cool, let's start recording. So it was, there was no lull, but I feel, how do you get to that? So it's like how we get to that point. Like, you know, your, your mixing template, the thing that works for you, that is built on you saying yes to things and building it out yes. and understanding yep. it. But then your template's probably changed over time. It does always change. Year after year, I change stuff, for sure. And you make that pivot. You make that small... And it's like these little changes where someone may be like, oh, what'd you change? And you were like, oh, this. And they're like, how does that make a big difference? You're like, yeah. Because like you, you've you now used it and you've made yeah. those... That's, that's gigantic. It's always evolving. Process. It's always evolving. It's like music. Music evolves, too. You, you, know, you don't write music the same way, like... The, the, way you, like the way you did five years ago or ten years ago. Well, you shouldn't. Some people, do, and sometimes you may have to, and that's okay. Sometimes we may have to, yeah. But you do upgrade yourself, if I can say that, or evolve in some ways. It is. We have to upgrade. It's like when we, you know, when we get an alert on our computer and it's like, oh, yeah. I have to upgrade software. <laughs> What happens if you don't? Well, then you're just going to. It's at the same point, I Whoa. guess. Same level, same point. And well, uh, then you wonder, well, nothing's happening. It's like, yeah, you just. You didn't pivot with it. You didn't change with it. It's not that you can't do it. You're just kind of locked into the same system. I don't want my process to look the same next year or two years. Probably should be different. Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And I guess that's a question too. Like, you know, you've built your channel. Yes. That probably had to be a series of pivots. I mean, like... Looking at thumbnails, headlines, t- I know those are like, Man. I'm still new diving into this. And you know, you and I have talked and I drag my heels. I'll be honest. I'm still, <laughs> since we've talked, have I filmed a damn thing? Absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing. I am still like, sl- I am just, dr- I am still at the rest stop thinking about like, well, where should I start? And you told me specifically, you have to start doing it i was like so that's the thing yeah that's the most important thing is to start you know we can dream we can visualize we can think of okay i'm gonna love the process okay yeah but you need to freaking start <laughs> you know starting up is the most important thing the rest will follow then you'll be able to enjoy the process then you'll be able to accomplish the visualization you had from the start you know all right so uh, okay so today's date so this is coming out next week So, or when people are listening, as this is coming out, I will just make, I'll make a, because accountability, that's probably another thing. We've been, you know, 
I will say by next week, I will have one video out next week. There you go. So people will go, and if they find out, then they'll be like, man, Mike's not good at keeping his word. So it's like accountable. So I might as well just put it out there, or I'll just get Chris, who edits this podcast, to edit it out. I'll be like, last minute, I'll be like, just edit that out. Remove that. Yeah, yeah remove, remove that, that accountability. <laughs> but it's interesting what you're saying. It's like, you know, I think of that because you gave me, you can go to people that are, you know, doing it. And I, and, you know, when we sat down, it was, there, you gave so many helpful things, but that was the key thing. You were like, you have to start. Yeah, doing it and I think too part of me is like it's that scary like what if there's no point to it what if it doesn't work and it's, I'm visualizing all the negative things to it I'm mm. not sitting here going like what if it ends up being working well what if it ends up being something that's beneficial what if it ends up being I'm going to all the things like what if this is what if this what if this what, yeah. if, this, what if this is just a big waste of time what if this is and it's like do you realize that you're doing the reverse it's like all the things that you talk about the pot like we were talking about like I do with other things like oh this is gonna be great I'm visualizing what it'll be I'm doing all the terrible like <laughs> like the channel burns and it catches fire and people are just like this is the worst thing ever what's the worst that's going to happen yeah that's the thing you know but again i do understand why at some point we get busy with business with work with and it 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 can be a challenge to start something new or to accomplish something new that we visualize and that we want to go towards you know so like yourself making a video or making (laughs) videos on a regular basis on a youtube channel or on myself to write more of my own music and maybe yeah. aim for uh, music placement and stuff. You know, there's something yeah. I, I actually visualize myself doing, but I didn't start doing yet. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you are, you know, on a different. Oh, it's funny when people get a music licensing, they're like, is it going to be right away? And I'm like, mm, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's still a process in there's that, no, that and whole I'm like, thing. You got to be okay with like three years of literally nothing happening. Exactly. Just building up and they're like, Huh? And I'm just, I'm like, yeah, this is. This is <laughs> but you, but you, you, what, what are you going to say? You're going to say, you know, start with one song. Exactly. I don't know. And you told me like you were like, this is kind of like you. You got to start with one video. And I was like, oh. and, and it was like, but it was that moment of being seen when someone calls you out to just be like, hey, you're already doing it, but like it's kind of like this. So stop making it and just do it. Just and but because it's the same thing. If I start, you know, I remember, you know, I had a business coach who was like, "You should start a podcast." I was like, "Oh, so many people have podcasts. I'm so sick of like <laughs> podcasts." It's just like I'm going to be another dude that's going to be like, "Listen to my podcast." But here we are. It's like you're going to be episode number seventy-seven. That's this so has cool. been great. This has Congrats, been so, man. It's so fun. I love this. But it's, and, it's a great podcast, honestly. You know, I'm not saying that because I'm on it right now. But you, you, I love your energy. Love the vibe that you. Uh, uh, you have on your podcast, and it's uh, it's fun to listen to. I have to say, and it's been fun because then people listen, then they move into my world, and then yeah. they jump into you know classes coaching. I've met so many. Some of them were even here this weekend. One of them, mm. uh, Celeste, was here, and she was like, "Oh, because I listen to your podcast," and I was like, oh. "I was like, that's crazy." <laughs> it's so cool. it's like when we think of things like if we didn't do this, we're robbing ourselves of all these experiences, yeah. and we're also robbing others of what we can offer them. Exactly. Which is crazy. Yeah, it is. Because we think we don't have anything of value to give. It's surprising how more people have value to share than most people 
know of, you know. So uh, people don't realize that, that they have way more stuff to share than they can realize. If I didn't do the podcast, then I wouldn't have listened or brought Lejean. Then he wouldn't have mm-hmm. invited me to Blamo, which means then I wouldn't have met you. Exactly. Maybe in a different scenario, might have, maybe, possibly. Maybe. Most likely not. The so chain it was reaction. Like this, yeah. So again, <laughs> it's just that thing. So I think the there's so many just key takeaways here of what you have done that I feel are consistent along people that are successful, that you still integrate into your daily life, but it's produced this body of work and this thing that you've built, this career that has different facets, which you create courses. So you've got a mixing course. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, listen, I want to do this, but I need to know where to start. First, you know, there's a lot of content, free content online. You know, you can check out my YouTube channel. Um, If you, you know, lucky enough to work in Cubase, (laughs) I'm a Cubase fanatic. So I do a lot of videos on Cubase also. Uh, That's my main DAW um, that I've been working with since I started my studio. So it's been like, like I told you earlier, you know, the first um, kind of experience I had in the studio was with my bandmate and he was working with Cubase at the time. So... Um, so I do a lot of, uh, mixing and Cubase tutorials and also, of course, uh, recording and mixing. So I have a mixing course, which is a, uh, it's based on Cubase because that's the dot I work with. Uh, but it also, um, I also share a bunch of, uh, mixing techniques. So it's not only related to the DAW itself. So anyone can actually follow that course and just understand the concept of mixing. And I do mix only with stock plugins for this course. So it's, it's, I did that on purpose, not using fancy plugins because I don't want to focus on the tools. I want to focus on the craft of mixing and, you know, the techniques. And uh, so you can work with any tools you want afterwards, as far as you can understand the craft of mixing and you know the logic between uh, behind it and what to yeah. look for when mixing it's not easy it's uh, it's a complex craft i have to say you know there's a lot to think of uh, but you have to start somewhere you have to start that's the thing too because yeah. it's like that's where my mind goes to once i started to see and it, it, i'd be curious do you feel this same when you did the thing and you had those little chain reactions it kind of solidified like ah oh. I have to remember this. When I get into those moments where I go, I'm not sure. Remember, it might, it's probably going to lead to this, this chain reaction. Yeah. So if somebody's listening, they're like, ah, I don't know, mix it. And it's just like, but what if you said yes to that? And then it ends up like you discover, like you really love it. And then you have a friend that goes like, listen, I'll start to pay you. Could you mix it? And then suddenly it creates this, essentially just this thing that's, you know, it, you know, quote unquote side hustle, but then it becomes my friend Chris Bradley says, your front hustle. <laughs> where it's, like, it's the thing that you're doing. Hey, you never know what, gonna, what can happen. You don't you know? know what's going to happen. So it's like, I find like, follow the intrigue or the curiosity because that usually leads to really good things. Oh, for sure. You know, life is surrounded by learning stuff. Like, like for me, that's the way it, I'm always learning something. I'm always starting to learn something new. Uh, I started as music producer so i studied mixing and you know jumped right into it and i made mistakes and i you know learned the hard way and back then youtube wasn't a thing when i started yeah so i was lucky enough to have a mentor to help me out to listen to my mixes to you know guide me Mm -hmm. um but i had to learn the hard way anyways um but now you know we have access to youtube we have access to online content a lot of help yeah i I would say you know start mixing start if you want to get into this 
craft, mix your own music, and just start doing it. Uh, and you're right, you don't know what can follow. I did that with photography. I did that with filming. So that's why I was able to film my own videos on YouTube because I started to do something that I didn't know about yeah. before. I started with music, but that followed by videography, editing videos. And, you know, I remember the first camera, the Canon, first Canon camera I purchased back in 2011. I started just for the heck of it. I'm going to start taking pictures to see how that goes, you know? So yeah. I, I kind of discovered, oh, I kind of like photography. <laughs> so I don't do that for a living. But funny enough, I actually got a few photography gigs <laughs> through the years, That's you know? <laughs> Doing like, you know, pictures for album covers and stuff like that with people that I was producing in the studio. Okay. Go figure. I think you've hit on six key points. I'm trying to remember these now. So let's see if we can go in order. So the okay. first one to me was the visualization. That yes. stuck out. It's just the imagination. The next one was saying yes. But what was interesting was later on as that experience grew, you realized that that's where you made the pivot to where learning to say no to things. Like you said, mm -hmm. I become selective. So I'm like, ooh, I love that. So it starts saying yes, but then you know the yes will change to a no. Then we've got on top of that the who, not how. You found your mentors. You found those people that were filling in some of those gaps instead of being like, I don't have this. How do I, you, who should I be learning from? Who should I be connecting mm -hmm. with? Then this was the one, pivot. You learn to pivot and change at various moments, yes. various times and change. You know, you're able to do that. Templates. That means you're always looking for things to t save your time yes. and let, get back that time. But then the last one that you hit, continuing education. Yeah. Those always. are six things that I'm like, if somebody's listening to this, this is like, this is a, this is a good, if I can steal template to like, like literally on building your thing and creating yeah. I don't know, just a life that you, it's not saying there's not going to be hardships or things that are going to be tough, but like you love. Exactly. You know, I, I try to keep in my schedule time to educate myself, whether it's to get better at mixing, producing, or even learning an instrument. Um, I'm a drummer. That's my main instrument. And uh, the last few years was a bit harder to, you know, to, get on the drum kit, you know, what the move, because I moved from Quebec to Alberta, Canada, across the country. Um, so with everything, you know, it was very hard to just keep going, you know, um, recording drums and practice my drumming and stuff. And I just got back to it, you know, so I have time now to study drumming a bit more and get better, you know. And uh, so there's always, it's important, I think, for anyone like uh, running a business, being an artist, to, to just take time, allocate time to learn about stuff dude like when we're done with this i'm popping on to there there's going to be a webinar where i'm going to watch someone talk about something and i already know and it's crazy because i know what's going to happen i've always been like i know i'm going to buy your class i've already <laughs> exactly. said yes i know what i know what's going to happen but i know the value i'm going to get from it. so i'm ready to jump in so i think that's so funny it's this yeah we're always continuing that growth because it doesn't end and we know it's going to lead to new questions new pivots new yeah new chain reactions so dude i love this and we're going to give so if you're listening to this and you're like cool i want to get the course we're going to have a link where you can jump in you can buy the course you can automatically just like jump in right now and you can start applying because to me it, it's this is the best person to learn, you know, in terms of what's out there in terms of mixing courses. It's just like, there's some good one, but it's like, I'm like, oh. Chris does it in a way that I'm like, cool. 
if I were to do a course on mixing, if I had any interest in that, which it's like, it's not that I don't have interest in mixing, but I don't talk about it the way I do about like production and guitar. Like I don't geek out. You geek mm-hmm. out and I love it. That is why I'm like, just jump into the course. Just jump. <laughs> just jump. And I'll even just add jump. a special discount for your audience. Ooh. What about that's that? Even, oh, damn. Damn. So, uh, dude, I, I we're going to have to do more of this because I feel like if we got see, six really key points from this, man, bound, if we do another one, we'll get another six or seven key points. And, you know, let, let me, you know, if someone listening wants to start mixing, wants to start yeah. to, to just yeah. try to dive into this process, you know, start with a few things. Keep it simple. Start with an easy song, you know, of your own maybe. And just start by just balancing the tracks without adding plugins and stuff. Just go with a rough mix, a rough balance. Add automation right away just to, you know, get a good feel out of the um, the mix you're crafting. You know, start with that. Balance the vocal in the center, pan your guitars a bit, you know. And, um, and even when you record, when you produce your own music, yeah. think of the mixing process at the same time where you hear that guitar that you're playing you know is it going to be a guitar i'm going to pan to the right uh or as far as the tone goes you know okay so now i have like a lot of low frequency based instruments or parts oh maybe i should add maybe a voicing that is higher on the guitar you know so this is also part of the mix so it's thinking ahead you know um, that will make your mixing process easier you know when you always uh, when you already think of the mix when producing so don't start with a 12 piece ska band that's what you're saying that's the worst thing that's what i'm thing. saying that's, that's what the I'm worst saying, thing you know? to start mixing <laughs> it's just like how many horn, what's the horn section oh seven horns okay no like, no like you know like in the course i do have like a full rock production that i start yeah. with you know it's a more complex that. you know um drums live drums yeah. you know not program but live drums bass guitars uh vocals synths you know the whole shebang uh, but i also have as a kind of a bonus track a bonus part of the course where i mix a very simple singer songwriter type of song That's uh, awesome. where a couple of guitars acoustic guitars a couple of vocals uh like a djembe or something you know like percussions very simple straight like very easy to uh, uh to mix so i actually when I start the course, I tell people, you know, if you're new to mixing, you know, maybe the first song, because I go through a full mix from A to Z. So I do teach about the, all the theory and all the, the technical stuff, but I actually go through the whole mix using only stuck plugins. Uh, so you can start by just working on that sim- more simple song and just go through it, you know. Um, multi-tracks are available also, of course. And I think it's a good way to start practicing, you know, to just download tracks and start mixing and see how it goes dude i love that so we're gonna throw the link uh in the description chris thanks for being here this was so good this is so awesome and it was a pleasure and thanks for the invite mike i love it that was a blast Seriously, this was such a good episode, and Chris has a special offer for you. So, he is going to give you an exclusive discount on his course right now. So, if you or anyone that's wanted to understand mixing more, that it's always confusing, you're jumping from all these, you know, YouTube channels, and you're getting these books, and you're still confused as hell. 
let me tell you right now, you need to jump in and take Chris's class. I've taken a look at it. And to me, this is something that I wish I had at the very beginning. This was a process I had to learn over time. But if I had this, the process would have been a lot quicker. So right now in our description, we are giving you a direct link plus a discount. That's right. Use the code Mike40. That's right. My name, M-I-K-E, and then the numbers four zero to get your discount. So click that link in the description, especially if you are someone that wants to take your mixing to another level. Believe me, Chris is the guy you should be listening to. And that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by another great Chris, Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.